Hey everybody and welcome to week five of 52 Weeks of Empowerment. I am Andrea Pagnosi, your host for today, and I am a career success coach who is fiercely dedicated to seeing you realize your true career potential in 2022. And we're already off to a magnificent start this year. I just got off the phone with a client who has gotten a promotion, a significant raise, and heading into this this recording session, I, I have to say I am all smiles. But this is an episode that, if I'm to be honest, is a situation in my life that is I have struggled with the capabilities of sticking a do not disturb sign out when I'm working and getting things done during normal working hours. This is a challenge that a lot of people are faced with right now. There's a lot of shorthandedness in some companies that are causing people to overflow their list during the week. And there is still very much a part of me that could so easily pivot back to being available to everyone and working around the clock, even after hours and stealing time from my family when I should be putting up boundaries. There's still that struggle day to day. I don't want to get burnt out again. High blood pressure, my doctor looking me in the eye and saying, if you don't rethink your workday and the amount of hours you put in, you are going to not be here in a year. That's a really real conversation that I had with my doctor not 18 months ago. And so here we sit and I'm looking at the same types of things happening to some of my customers. Half the reason why people are getting burnt out, if not three quarters of the reason, is because they're saturated with work. There's a lot of people missing in their company or they're being onboarded and they're hiring and, and people can't get up to speed fast enough and the work doesn't go away. So it falls on the shoulders of people that are more tenured and it's stressing people out. And because they're passionate people and they want to get ahead, they feel that taking the ball and running with it is the right thing to do. When in reality, it's just putting more work on their plate and causing more stress and anxiety. So today we're going to examine how to enforce those boundaries in our busy day, how to hang up the do not disturb sign and make our lives more manageable. But like anything in coaching, you have to apply these ideas and solutions. And it's really hard for some people. So we're going to give you the ideas today and then we're going to we're going to set you free with them. So anxious to hear how people are doing with them. If you haven't heard the name Dory Clark yet, I really really recommend that you look her up. Dory is one of the most brilliant business minds right now. She's a professor at the Fuqua School of Business University. She has written a number of best-selling books, including Reinventing You and The Long Game, which came out last year, and I adored both of those books. Great personal branding, personal brand marketing person. And recently, she did a TEDx talk here in Boston. And the topic was just so timely. It was the reason we are so busy. And she shared some really interesting statistics that spoke volumes about why we're so busy and so stressed out. She shared that a while back, study was done on about 10,000 senior leaders of organizations and 97% of them attributed success was long-term strategic thinking. Yet in another study, an adjacent study with a similar subset of individuals, 96% said they don't have time for strategic thinking. So the one thing they know will equate to best business results, they can't even do. Dory goes on to speak to the various things that we do in our day-to-day -to, -day to disable our schedules, lock in on productivity, and open ourselves up for stress and anxiety at a host of other challenges. For me, it comes down to three things. 
a lack of agility, a lack of time management, and a lack of prioritization. And as I mentioned previously, they almost killed me. Just five weeks ago, when we started 52 Weeks of Empowerment, I laid the foundation during our first episode for this year, and I called it Operating with an Abundance Mindset. Once you nail that, you will approach things like this, like hanging up a do not disturb sign and getting your stuff done, a lot easier. I said it then and I'm gonna say it again, that takes practice. For people that are used to burning the candle at both ends like I did, practice is going to pave the way for good habits and cultivate better behaviors. So we realize it's a day-to-day thing and it's gonna have to be gradual. You're gonna have to ease into these principles. But in this episode, we're gonna continue to make better decisions. How did I get there from here? So I had worked in commercial training and organizational development for the better part of the last decade of my career in corporate. And there were a great deal of opportunities out there. And I and I jumped at one. Great team, great boss, great products. It was in the life sciences space. It was helping people with cancer. This is in the midst of the pandemic. So building relationships when you're on Zoom meetings is ridiculously hard. And as part of organizational development type role, you need to lean on the leaders of the organization and build their trust quite quick to get them to buy into whatever it is you're developing to bring people together in the organization. And it just meant more meetings, more Zoom meetings. I went from commuting an average of two and a half hours a day to more Zooms, not more time for me, not more time with my family, but adding more hours to my day in Zoom meeting. That created this sense of needing to be everything to everybody, needing to be at every meeting. And I talked to my boss about it. I said, I'm quick to burnout. What's your solution? He said, say no. Start to say no to things, prioritize things, delegate things. Because in an eight hour workday that is supposed to include a 30 minute to an hour of lunch and two 15 minute breaks, if you have five meetings, five hour long meetings, that basically leaves you an hour and a half of total work time in a typical eight hour day. And if you're like me, you have a life beyond work too. So in order to avoid overtime, which you don't get paid for if you're a salaried employee, you work through lunch and breaks like I did. So you literally have at least another hour or two to get more work done. But here's the thing, you have in those five meetings planned more than three hours of work. So there's a bigger picture than just nine to five. Work-life balance is a continuum of all your waking hours. If you sleep eight hours, you have 16 waking hours. Eight of them are working hours, standardly. If you plan only for the eight hours, you're gonna rob inevitably from the other eight waking hours. So you're now taking time away from your family, time away from you. Well, guess I'm not going to the gym today. Guess I'm not working out today. Even if we weren't going to the gym during COVID, I still like to exercise and and go for a walk. I'm eating at my desk during meetings, trying to get things done, trying to be there for my team, trying to be there for my family. And if you think about it, Planners, Outlook calendars, they set us up for that failure, right? Because it isn't just eight hours depicted, it includes an entire day, midnight to midnight. I realized eight hours of working was starting to spill over into my eight hours of living. So I wasn't working to live, I was living to work. And that was unacceptable to my body physiologically, which was starting to break down and psychologically. So I hired a productivity coach and it 
blew my mind. The things I'm gonna share with you today are very basic. If you're like me, you need to baby step it. You need to take steps to shift the way you're pouring so much heart and soul into a job for many reasons. Some people want to get promoted. Some people want to just escape because their home life is not happy or not fulfilling. There's a lot of reasons. Maybe you do get paid overtime, so you want to pour as much as you can into it, but it's starting to take a toll on you. So if you follow these basic rules, I guarantee you will see a difference positive difference in the, the way that you feel, the way that you show up at work. So the first thing that the productivity coach told me to do, which was a mind-blowing change, seemed ridiculously simple. But I was almost setting my schedule opposite. He said, you're putting work first and then peppering things you need to do with your life and the ones you love into that schedule around work. You need to flip that switch. Set your schedule always in this order. You, we, they. You refers to absolutely anything egocentric, right? So it's wellness, it's self-care. It's things you want or need to do for you. Just you. Doctor's appointments for your kids, that's a we, not a you. You setting a mammogram appointment for yourself, that's a you, okay? Wellness, things like going to the gym, things like taking a walk, things like getting your hair done or your nails done or something of that nature. Those are things for you. Set those on your schedule first, or at least make sure you allot the time for it. The we refers to friends, family, and anyone in your tribe. It could be a sister, a sibling, a friend. It could be your children. It could be your spouse or significant other. Anybody who brings value directly to your life, whether it's a doctor's appointment, whether it's a dinner date night, whether it's going to a show with your best friend. Those are we moments. They is always outside of your tribe. It's for anything else. And that is also inclusive of work. It could be volunteerism. It could be a lot of things, but it's out of your scope of tribe, which are your friends, your family. It actually helped me to focus on the right things in my life far better than I was. And I'll share how I know that in a moment. So the first thing he had me do is start a practice. I'm a very regimented person. I'm a list maker. I like to cross things off and check things off. I'm not ridiculously OCD about it, but I do have my moments. Because I have stepchildren, I have biological child, I have my husband, I have my sister, I have friends, I have a lot of things, but I still wanted to make sure that I was meeting everyone's needs because at the time I wasn't. What had happened to me at work was was, despite my best attempts to build relationships and serve their needs, my boss had to have a difficult conversation with me. He said, I know that the work that you're doing is excellent and very much recognized and appreciated, but the senior leadership feels that you are not connecting the dots properly. They and I thought, oh dear Lord, that's something I pride myself on. I've been praised to previous companies for that. In order to make sure that I was meeting their needs, I really was putting them first to try to write a ship. So what seemingly was me putting up a do not disturb sign to get work done so that I could then be there for my family, it was perceived as negative. It was perceived that I wasn't doing 
my job to its best ability. I shared that with the productivity coach and he said, part of it is on you to communicate what it is you're trying to do. So whatever you decide to implement of the strategies we discuss, and I'm sharing this with you now, is make sure that people know the why behind the do not disturb signs or blocking your schedule off as I'm going to share with you to do. I make sure that people know that you are actually doing work during that time. It's not that you need to walk for four hours. You're really doing it to bring your best self to work. And so what I do is on Friday afternoons before I shut down, I take the last 30 minutes and only 30 minutes to list out the things that I need to accomplish for me, for we, and for they the following week. And I cap each list at five key things, nothing more than that. So in other words, under you, I make a column on a piece of paper and I set five things I need to do. One of them might be workout four times, not list workout four times, just list workout once, and say in parentheses, you need to do it four times. Something else might be, I've got to go to the dentist on Thursday. So that has to be a priority on my schedule. Whatever those five things are, those are the first five things that go on my schedule. The second column is we. What do I need to accomplish for my family? And it could be making dinner every night, or it could be making dinners for the week on Sunday. Or it could be my son has a football game on Thursday night at 5 p.m. Whatever it is, it's five things. And if I have more on this list, which inevitably everybody does, who's part of a family, I start to talk to my husband about what things I can delegate that spill over that five list. Additionally, if I start to have things conflicting even between the you and the we, then I have to also ask for help. And this forced me to do something that is the most difficult thing. And the other half of the reason why everybody's burnt out is because they can't ask for help. We don't ask for help because it's a sign of weakness, especially if we're trying to be seen as a leader in an organization. If you got negative feedback from your boss that says you're not doing what people want you to do, you're going to try to fix that and you're going to overcorrect by pouring more time into getting to know people and more meetings. And that's what I did. And it didn't work. It didn't work. But when I hired the productivity coach and I capped my list of five and I communicated well with these people, asked more questions than I spoke at times, it righted the ship. It righted the ship. And we'll talk about having difficult discussions later in our podcast series. We're actually going to bring somebody to the table for that. Didn't make some right decisions with and learned a lot from it. So stay tuned for that on a future episode. Then I put the they and they is five key things I want to accomplish, five goals I want to accomplish at work that are necessities that have to get done the next week. Got to do my budget for 2022. I've got to have a meeting with my boss about promoting one of my the people on my team. I've got to meet with the VP of sales and the VP of operations to synergize an idea or plan of whatever those five things are, they are the next things that go on the schedule. So you, we, them. When I set the schedule, I also do something for me that is difficult for people and it's a stretch and you can start with an hour and a half, but I went in and I cannonballed into the deep end of the pool and I blocked three hours of non-negotiable time each day to use as I please. Now it's non-consecutive, so you could put an hour in to make sure you have lunch 
and do a walk after that. It could be an hour and a half after work where I get my nails done and go grocery shop. It can be for whatever else needs to get done. So some of those things that spill over and your lists are greater than five things, those three hours can be devoted to that. Three hours of non-negotiable time each day. If I want to put in some extra time at work, that's fine, but it cannot conflict with the time that I have for my family. Almost one day of entire time, if you do the math, Monday through Friday, and I should mention this, this is just Monday through Friday. It's not Saturday and Sunday. Saturday and Sunday are free for you to do as you please. If you properly designate time Monday through Friday, this shouldn't be an issue. But what had been an issue for me was that I was spilling over into Saturday and Sunday. The wrong things. I was doing work. Instead, let your spillover be with your family during that time, with your friends during that time. And if you get this right over time, it will by osmosis start to happen. You'll start to put more of the me time on the weekends and less of the they. Because three hours of non-negotiable time, Monday through Friday, is almost a whole other day of time, of you time. It's 15 hours. If the average person sleeps eight hours a day, you have 16 waking hours left. So if I have 15 hours of non-negotiable time, I have almost a day to myself. How am I gonna spend it? Wisely. And here's something that I learned not to be so prescriptive about. I don't schedule the list of things I have to do in anything other than pencil until the day before at 4.45 p.m. So I plan my lists on the Friday before, but I secure my, my schedule at 4.45 the day before when I take 15 minutes to arrange my schedule for the next day. Because anything can happen. Stuff happens, people cancel meetings, all of those things. And I merge my personal time with my work time. I try to leave 15 minute buffers on either side of long meetings, 90 minutes or greater meetings, because you do need to factor for biology and go to the bathroom when you need to. So I plug 15 minute buffers in when I can. But here's the thing that I started to do when I started to adopt these things. I started to get a little too OCD about my schedule. And I wanna share a word on agility. Some of you are thinking to yourself, I can't be that prescriptive, I have to be agile. Some of you are saying I have to be more prescriptive because I have a little one at home. And there's daycare. I have to be at daycare at a certain time. And I'm new in my job. I'm trying to set a good example. So I can't really shut down. If you do this, remember those three hours. I started to allot 45 minutes to an hour each day as overtime, even though I didn't get paid for it because I knew I was going to spill over with work. I knew that meetings were going to get pushed. I knew there were things that were beyond my control. So adopt agility through this exercise. Use your three hours of you time wisely. Please don't use more than one hour towards extra work time. The other thing that I did that was super, super helpful is I am what's called a kinesthetic learner. I need to see it or feel it in order for it to be real to me. So I invested in a physical old-fashioned <laughs> pen to paper version of a planner. I need personally to write something down to commit it to memory and action. So I still use the old-fashioned planner. And there's a million of them out there. I'm not going to support just one. But if you're super techie and you have an online version that can mesh with your Outlook calendar and all of that, that's fine too. So suffice to say, you need to have something in writing. 
It's if you want to save trees, do it online. If you want to feel it and touch it and write it down and have control over it, invest in a planner because that makes a huge difference. The other thing I did was I adopted new quality time with my people, with my we. One thing that was missing for me was a chance to connect. We were super in each other's face. And I think we can all say that Tilly were just better off being apart from each other for a few hours a day and interacting with other people. But now that we're back to a semblance of some reality, we utilize our time together very much more intelligently than we did. We adopted a disconnect policy at the dinner table. My husband, he's he's taking steps. He's taking steps with that because he has an Apple Watch. He's constantly connected and my kids the same, but I try to get them to put the phones on the kitchen counter and sit in the dining room for dinner now so that we can have a whites of the eyes conversation where people are looking at each other and interacting and just like we all used to do. We do the best we can. It's hard to pivot to a non-virtual translatable world after a day of interconnectivity when you've got people pinging you on messenger and constant connectivity. But I think it's a healthy thing to do to walk away from the screens for a while, at least during dinner, where we talk about three things. You guys can set up your own schedule. Maybe if you live alone, maybe you want to do some FaceTime and it's still connected, but you're interacting with people during dinner. I have a lot of friends whose kids were really missing them during the sequestering part of uh, shutdown during the pandemic. And they started to talk on FaceTime every night for dinner. It was very helpful for the people who lived alone. Or people in their buildings started to have mask parties, masks where they would have a Friday mixer, people would be masked, they would come in and they, and they would get to know each other, play some board games, do some things. What we do as a family is we talk three things every night at dinner. What's the favorite part of your day? go around the table and, and share, tease each other a little bit and good fun. What what did you learn from today? What was your key takeaways? And what are you looking forward to tomorrow? Those three things have taken our interactivity to a different level. It's subtle, it doesn't feel forced, everybody has a good time, we laugh. It's a really good opportunity for you to unwind and reconnect with people. And that's an important thing that was missing for me during that great time of burnout. Now, I know many of you, like myself, you try to run a pretty clean household, especially where people are now out and about maybe bringing the virus into the home. <laughs> or just, we live in the Northeast, there's some snow on the ground, this is the muddy time of the year. But laundry, cleaning, vacuuming, all has its place. So some of you may be wondering, you know, where do you put that in? Is that part of your three hours? No, because if you schedule the five days accordingly, you will start to find holes in your schedule, especially if you work from home, where those 15 minute buffers are great for throwing a load of laundry in. Or over the weekend, maybe you set aside three hours on Sunday morning or Saturday morning or something like that where you do those things. But when you get more defined about setting up boundaries during your Monday through Friday, it starts to carry over to your Saturday and Sunday positively. Start to think differently about the time you're spending and the quality of it. Usually Friday, later afternoon, after I've closed down and planned for the week ahead, I do all of those things. And now that my kids are older, they do their own laundry. So there's things I delegate as well and chores that my son does to earn. So I can have the weekend 
and he can have the weekend to be online with friends or playing sports or I can be reading and writing and recording and I can be chilling out with the people who matter because that's time you can't get back. And it was time that I was forfeiting, that I was stealing from to do the work I didn't have the time to do seemingly during the week. And it came down to better use of time, better time management, better agility, and just plain better planning. When you prioritize the 16 hours with the three most important things, you, we, and them in that order, the rest of it falls into place. I know you don't believe me now. It takes practice. And I am so glad that I invested in my productivity coach. I have started to adopt helping people do productivity lessons during my coaching as well. So that's just another benefit of coaching. I spend my hours as I see fit now, strategically empowering myself to set time aside and setting those boundaries and then communicating it to the people so that they don't falsely misrepresent what I'm trying to accomplish or that I'm standoffish or that I don't wanna work collaboratively. It actually brought me to the table better when I adopted these practices. I started to mesh better with the people at work I didn't really click with. I started to put time aside to exercise throughout the day. And you know what? I lost 15 pounds that I actually kept off. It was pretty amazing. My blood pressure went back to normal. My heart rate and my blood sugar were better. People actually commented on my skin and my hair. This is not an exaggeration. You're glowing because I had put time in for eating, exercising, drinking more water. I invested in one of those water bottles that's really big and it breaks down hour by hour and it alerts you if you haven't had water. It was a little bit to get used to, but it works. I slept better because I had done the things I needed to do during the day. I didn't wake up in the middle of the night going, oh my God, did I send that email? Because I knew I did. I had done the things I needed to do by better planning. So my entire life biologically, physiologically benefited from this. Psychology Today published an article in November of last year called 10 Ways Your Life Can Improve by Setting Boundaries. And I have experienced personally eight out of 10 of them firsthand with my family, my husband, my coworkers. I've developed closer relationships, which was a goal of mine, obviously. And I can say I was seen as more approachable. My kids said I was more present. I smiled more. I was nicer to be around, said my husband. I created a greater sense of camaraderie and trust at work. It absolutely can have a transformative effect on your entire life. When you're less conflicted, you're more engaged. When you're more engaged, people feed off that energy. That's empowering. This is 52 weeks of empowerment. I remind you guys of that every week. So there's more attention to the need to recharge because if people are feeding off my energy, I'm going to deplete faster. So I put more emphasis in my life into the downtime and I'm okay doing that. You, we, them. Set your time clock Monday through Friday by these three sets of important priorities in your life in this order. Start with this. Call it a baby step, but I promise you it will open you up to other things. And for yourself, hang that do not disturb sign out during those times. Set those boundaries. All other things will fall into place and you, my friend, will be better off for it. This podcast is an example of something that's for you each week. So make sure you allow yourself time for that. That's it for this week. 
Hopefully this was a value to you. I know it was a value to me. We're going to connect next week with our first guest, all about leadership and team engagement and how to keep people's head in the game in 2022. We'll connect next week. Same time, same place, more power. (music) 